Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lamy. I'm Mary Kay Cabot. And I'm Scott Patsko. And it is Monday here in Berea, day nine. Uh, you can hear the trash compactor behind <laughs> us. That'll stop here momentarily, I'm sure. Uh, but we're going to get into uh, the Monday here at Brown's training camp and everything that happened. Six points. We're all going to pick something. We haven't really prepped ourselves, but I think we know some topics that are going to come up. And I'm going to start, number one, with the doozy. Uh, Freddie Kitchens today uh, was asked about Bob Wiley's comments that uh, on the radio on Saturday. Uh, Bob Wiley basically saying that the offensive staff did a lot of the heavy lifting during that turnaround when Freddie was the offensive coordinator, uh, giving a lot of credit to people like Ken Zampezi, some other people like that. And Freddie Kitchens today said he didn't want to talk about it, but... He really did talk about it, and he really went after Bob Wiley. Um, basically, at one point, saying he could have hired Bob Wiley, but he didn't want to. Um, said Bob Wiley didn't have a contract. Uh, was talking about retirement. So, not very friendly words to uh, to Bob Wiley from uh, head coach Freddie Kitchens. No, you know, Freddie was pretty steamed about this. He really was. And even though he really set out trying to, I think, take the high road and decide that he wasn't going to talk about it, uh, you know, Freddie wears his emotions on his sleeve. And he speaks from the heart at all times. And once he got going on this, he just got, it seemed, a little bit more and more irked about the things that Bob Wiley said. And, um, and he basically kind of let him have it a little bit. In addition to that, on top of you know, saying things like you mentioned about the fact that, uh, you know, that he didn't want to hire him, he, he said Bob Wiley took, uh, want, apparently wants credit, some credit for the turnaround from last year. And also, he included in there a little rant about if anybody in this organization leaks anything off the record to anybody, they will be fired on the spot. They will not tolerate that. So we're not exactly sure how that ties into Bob Wiley. That was interesting, huh? <laughs> right. What do you think, Scott? I don't know. I, I started thinking, geez, when have things been leaked? And I think, Dan, you mentioned Sashi Brown era when that kind of came to an end there were there was a situation there we heard about Sashi leaving the facility uh early in the evening and then Sashi had to come back and say well no I'm there late and um but yeah that was it was odd he just kind of went off he also went off in the left field a little bit saying that uh the, the orange and brown scrimmage kind of got overshadowed I don't know if that was totally the case but it, it was it wasn't his finest moment, I think, as, as somebody who's answering questions. Uh, I, I think the key with Freddie, though, as we've seen, is he is honest with us. He tells us what he thinks. Uh, Sky, you've mentioned this a few times. He'll go back and answer questions. I think you wrote a whole column about it, actually. He'll go back and answer the questions he wants to answer and, and expand upon. And the reality that Freddie has going for him right now is the people he's talking about are a coaching staff that, you know, went 1 and 31, 336 and 1, a coaching staff that got fired and the team suddenly turned around. So he's got that going for him right now. He's kind of in that mode where 
Uh, kind of everything he touches in a lot of fans' eyes turns to gold, but you know he's going to have to go out and start proving it on Sundays here very soon. We're about a month away from the opener, uh, and, and that's that's when it starts to get a little bit tougher. Right now, you know, I, I give him credit for being honest. I don't know that it was necessary for him to kind of go into attack mode like he did. At the same time, if he feels attacked, it's, it's also his right to do that, I suppose. I think he was trying to make the point that it's sour grapes on the part of, of Bob Wiley. That he he could have that he didn't hire him back, and I think he's trying to say this is this is sour grapes, and you know that's kind of where it's coming from. But I think we can all agree that he probably could have shortened up the answers a little bit. <laughs> you you probably don't need to. You don't want those to be your headlines coming out of camp. You know if um, you know if if what you're going to say is it's about the players, it's about the players. You probably don't want your headlines coming out of camp being you talking about Bob Wiley. He knows. I mean, Freddie's a smart enough guy that he knows if he says something like that. I mean, he was looking right into the cameras when he said it. Yeah. He knows that that stuff's going to go out there. That's going to be what people write about. He's the one that says it himself all the time, right? Yep. Media looks for controversy. So he knows if he says something controversial like that, it's going to go viral. It's going to get out there. Um, and so he decided to do that today. Well, what have you heard from Freddie over and over during training camp? Last year doesn't matter. The past doesn't matter. And that's that would have been the perfect response, you know. I don't care what I don't care about things that happened last year. I'm only right. focused on living in the moment. But you know, he didn't, so here we are. Yep. <laughs> then again, it's hard for us to complain because we just got five minutes out of that topic. <laughs> so yeah. we want things to write about and things to talk about. And Freddie certainly uh, is always willing to give us that. Topic number two is Scotts. Um, wow, I go one of two ways here. I'm, I'm going to say defensive line. Um, the entire starting defensive line, what we assume the entire starting defensive line was uh, on the sideline today. Really, a lot of players overall were, were not involved with practice today. Miles um, Garrett and Larry Ogunjobi joined everybody um, on the side. We got to see some backups. It, things didn't go that great in the run game. Things didn't go that great in the pass game. Um, I think afterwards, Freddie mentioned bumps and bruises and, and wanted to give guys time out. Um, we talked a little bit about this after the scrimmage, how... There's a lot of concussions at this point. There's a lot of guys on the sideline, and, and here t- today we come back to practice, and there's even more. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, in the early part of practice, I watched Freddie have what looked to me like sort of a heated discussion with head trainer Joe Sheehan. Yeah. Okay? So he was having words with Joe Sheehan, and then he walked over to where the injured guys were, and he pulled them all together. And he spent a considerable amount of time talking to them. This was not a 30-second conversation. This was like, it seemed like more than five minutes. And I could probably ask like one of our videographers or photographers about that. But, I mean, it was five, six, seven good minutes where he stood there having a, you know, it again, it was animated conversation. Now, he wouldn't go there today and tell us what it was about. But after he was done with the group, then he had a few more things to say to Larry Ogunjobi. So I don't know if he's trying to tell these guys there's a difference between being hurt and injured and I need you out there. I don't know. There's something There's something going on there. Now, he did kind of praise Jarvis Landry today for practicing with some kind of an ailment for much of the practice. Finally, he, gave, he succumbed to it and he left. But he... You know, said that about Jarvis today, and he has said that about J.C. Treader, that he needs guys that sort of set the tone and practice even them when they're not feeling good. And this is a very physical, intense practice. There were, this was the eighth day in pads. They do have bumps and bruises. 
but yet I think Freddie wants them to set the tone and practice anyways. And they're, and they're going a full two and a half hours yeah. every yeah. practice. Um, these are not, I don't think we've had a shortened practice yet. I think even the scrimmage the other night, yep. I don't know what the exact time of that was, but that certainly went past six o'clock. So yeah. the thing we've learned so far about Freddie in this camp is he's putting his stamp on it. Uh, he, you, his voice is loud. It's the loudest voice that we hear out there. I thought he was kind of quiet the first couple of days. That has completely changed. He's going to go after everybody. He's going to go after referees. He's going to go after players. He's going to go after water boys. He's going to go after everybody. Uh, no, nobody is spared during his practices. They are physical. They are tough. And we are seeing again and again and again that uh, you know he's going to live up to what he said during Hard Knocks last year. He wants guys out there. He wants guys playing, and, and it seems to bother him. Uh, when guys do have to sit out. I mean, when you, you, there is a difference. Think about last year when Freddie was the offensive coordinator. Most of the encounters that we had with Freddie, uh, and most of the time that we saw Freddie, he was jovial and laughing and very upbeat. There's a different Freddie going on here. He's head coach. Head really coach intense. <laughs> the head coach, Freddie, is coming down hard mm-hmm. on a lot of people. Like you said, in one day alone today... He came down hard. We watched him come down hard on the water boys. <laughs> he yelled at water boys. <laughs> he yelled. I don't know what. I don't, he yelled I don't, at his defensive line. He yelled at his defensive line. He screamed at the referee again, where <laughs> you know fans can hear this. So, so there is a uh, there's a, a much different Freddie as a head coach than we saw he's, as an offense. He's been, he's been waiting a long time for this job. He's yeah. certainly making his his first. Not his first few weeks, and he's been in the job since January, but he's making his first few weeks of his first camp uh, really count. Topic number three, Mary Kay. I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt uh, came out and talked to us today for the first time in camp. He's been activated off the non-football injury list where he has been with a groin injury. Uh, I did ask him, you know, was it a wake-up call? The incident that happened in downtown Cleveland, he admitted, yes, it was. Now he's not going out as much. He got a little talking to from John Dorsey, Freddie Kitchens. He knows he has no margin for error, so he's buckling down a little bit more and just focusing on getting back on this football field. Yeah, it was a weird situation because I know they want him here in the facility, and typically that doesn't happen, but he's from Ohio. The majority of his uh, issues off the field have happened in Ohio, um, you know, if if he's not here during his suspension, he's going to be around people that he was with during those situations. I I'm interested to see how the NFL decides or makes that decision. You know, if you want somebody to be in a good environment, you know, it's not if he was in Kansas City, I guess that would be one thing. Mm-hmm. But he's here, and uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm interested to see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, I hope he's able to stay around the team. Um, you know, for these guys, that, that structure during the season is so important to be around the team, to be at the facility all day. It can help keep you out of trouble. The team can kind of keep tabs on you a little bit easier. I, I, I mean, I hope the NFL decides that they're going to keep let him stick around. I believe they did that with Josh Gordon a few times. Um, you know, it, it, it's a helpful thing for a player, I think, to be with his teammates, be attached to the team, it kind of drives home the point that, like, hey, if you make a mistake, you're letting your team down. The guys that you see every day in that building, you're letting down. Uh, so hopefully when when we get to it, the league will say, yeah, stick around the team, go to meetings, uh, you know, go watch the games from a suite or whatever. Uh, just be around the team. And I think that he has a plan in place and the Browns have a plan in place for him if he can't be around the team. And, you know, if they can't bend the rules for everyone, they might not bend the rules for Kareem Hunt. And if they can't do that... Uh, there is a plan in place, and I'm sure that they have 
counselors, trainers, and other handlers that will help him stay on track during those eight weeks. All right, topic number four. This is me. I don't know if we've. T- I don't know the last time we talked about it. We t- I don't think we talked about it Saturday. We're talking right guard. Yes, Ooh. we are talking right guard because Ooh. even though Freddie Kitchens wouldn't come out and admit it today, it appears there's an early leader in the clubhouse finally, and it's Eric Cush. Mm-hmm. So Austin Corbett was working with second team center, second practice in a row. Eric Cush has been at right guard. Um, that's sort of indicative of where this might be headed. Maybe they're just getting Cush ready to play the game on Thursday, but regardless, it appears maybe not a strong foothold, but it appears as an early leader, finally, at this point. Well, I think someone in this group made a bold I prediction. Made, I made one bold prediction, and that was it. That yes. Eric Cush was going to start. You guys were out here predicting, I don't even remember, AFC Championship game. You guys were being exciting, making really great predictions, and I'm like, eh, I'm going to pick the right guard. <laughs> well... Two days in a row, yes, I think that's significant, especially heading into a game on Thursday night. It's, it's about that time. Yeah. You're heading into the games. You have to pick someone. And I said the other day, you know, at this point, if it's a draw, I mean, if it's, if it's a three-way tie amongst those guys, why not go with the guy who started a bunch of games, even last year, who has the experience under his belt in Eric Cush? You know, maybe that's just the way they're going to go. Yeah, that's what I thought when I saw him out there again today, that, that maybe he's the first up for this first game. Um, next week, you know, we might see someone else uh, when, when they go to uh, Indianapolis getting, you know, most of the first team reps. So we'll know more after after Thursday, but for right now it seems like Eric Cush is in the lead. Yeah, and that is the, uh, the Indianapolis elements, another part of it. You're not just playing a game on Thursday. You're going to go to another facility and get into some competitive practices. So you want to have some things like your offensive line sort of figured out so that you can actually get some things done in those practices and not just have your running backs and, and your quarterback running for their lives. Uh, topic five, Scott. Uh, let's talk wide receivers. We saw uh, a few kind of stand out today. We didn't have Odell out there. We didn't have Jarvis uh, in team uh, team periods. But uh, Jalen Strong, I think I said during practice, he might have set a, a single practice record <laughs> for most receptions. Every time you looked up, Jalen Strong was catching passes from Baker Mayfield. Um, and then Derek Willie's kind of topped that, uh, had maybe the, the offensive play of camp so far. He got behind uh, T.J. Carey and caught a deep pass, um, at least 50 yards, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. One-handed, falling down in the end zone, then got up and punted the ball <laughs> into the into the uh, where the people are sitting. And so I think both of them uh, maybe served notice that you know don't forget about us. We've mm-hmm. written about Blake Jackson; he's not here anymore. You know, we've written about um, uh, Higgins, kind of jumping over Callaway, but mm-hmm. now, you know, we got Jalen Strong and, and Derek Willies, and Derek Willies is kind of, he's missed some time here and there this mm-hmm. offseason, so it's good to see him kind of have a good day. And I think that punt was sort of excitement, but also frustration, because he had some drops that, you know, Greedy Williams ripped a ball away from him once, mm-hmm. he had a, a pretty bad drop uh, during a team session. He didn't have a great day leading up to that catch, so I think he makes that catch, and I think it just... You know, it's that elation, that yeah. frustration, kind of all coming to a head, and he just boots the ball into the stands. Right in front of John Dorsey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think John Dorsey celebrated a little bit, too, when, when Willie's <laughs> made that catch. So uh, that's always a good thing when you're GM. You do something right in front of your GM. Uh, but Derek Willie's, I think if the 53-man roster were being set today, uh, Derek Willie's would be on it. We're a long ways, though, from the 53-man roster being set, but he's in a good position right now. 
Yeah, and uh, the other day in the during the scrimmage, he was working with the ones. Yeah. So he kind of moved up ahead of Rashard Higgins right now in working with the ones, and I think that's because of not only what he's been able to do in this camp, but also the size and speed that he brings. You know, those are things you can't coach. And if you can get some size and speed like that onto the field, it gives you a different element, and it gives you some different matchup problems against some smaller cornerbacks and things like that. So uh, I, I think he's going to make the team. Yeah, we saw that with Brashad Perriman last mm-hmm. year. Yep. Size and speed matters. And I'll tell you what. Damian Ratley better get on that field because yeah. there are guys, Jalen Strong starting to make plays, Derek Willies is starting to make plays. Yep. There are guys starting to make some plays. A weird sort of, I'm, I'm going to mention this in my observations, Bruce Stanton seems to have a little bit of a connection with DJ Montgomery all of a sudden. He threw his yeah. way like four or five times today. Um, so then he had one glance off his yeah, hands in the yeah. end zone, which wasn't a good way to end, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was making plays. Yeah, Damian Ratley better start, better figure out a way to get out on that field. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's a message Freddie had for him, too. Could okay, be. last topic, Mary Kay. Uh, let's do OBJ sick today. Uh, you know, he's been he's been having a nice camp. He caught a nice pass in the, in the scrimmage. We all come out here today, and where was OBJ? <laughs> Nowhere to be found. Not out here at all. And for the first half hour, it was the big mystery. Where is he? Yeah, really? like, like did he get hit by a car when he was signing that license <laughs> right. plate, or what What happened? Right. We even saw, um, I saw his mom here talking to Dee Haslam for a while. Uh, and then ultimately we came to find out that he was on the premises, but nobody knew what the deal was. And then the team's spokesperson got back to us and said that he was kept inside with an illness. We don't know how bad it is. Chad Thomas was sick last week. He missed several days, including the scrimmage. So, you know, the question is, you know, is is this going to keep him down for a few days? And if it does, you know, he might not play in the first preseason game, but I don't think he would have played much anyways. It was a, it was a quiet day at camp. We didn't have <laughs> thousands of children screaming Odell, you yeah. know. It was it was not there. It's weird. It's, we've become so used to that. And yeah. uh, him not being out there was kind of changed the, the atmosphere a little bit here. But, you know. Maybe he was hanging around with Chad Thomas. Who knows? He must have been. Maybe. One, one last topic because we got a truck <laughs> and a train. My extra point topic today, because I just want to point this out. Uh, I thought Baker Mayfield today was outstanding. Uh, he did He did throw one interception. Derek Willie's got a talking to after that interception by the coaching staff, so he might have been on Willie's. Uh, he nearly threw another interception. Terrence Mitchell jumped her out. But this was one of those days where you're standing on the sideline and you see that ball zip out of his hands. It's like, okay. This is the Baker that we all know. I thought this was one of his best days at camp, and he finally had that deep ball to Willie's. Yeah, and, and it's it's odd that um, this late in camp, or at this point in camp, sometimes you kind of hit that little bit of the dead arm period a little bit before you kind of catch your second wind. But not Baker right now. I mean, he looks as sharp and as fresh as he did the first two days of camp. So he, he's not running into that yet. It was impressive that he did it with mostly backups. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's a toilet truck here, by the way. So the sounds, the sounds and smells are telling us it's time to wrap up for today. For Scott and Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.